You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to opening up discussions that most men aren't having, but you certainly don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. You can find more information about the Real Men Feel movement at realmenfeel.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. This is a weekly program and your comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. We are very excited that you are joining us today. Well, actually I'm not, but I'll explain that later. <laughs> I am Andy Grant. I'm a transformation coach, author, and speaker, and I'm the host of this, the 58th episode of Real Men Feel. <sighs> you can learn about past and future shows and even the Facebook group and coaching opportunities at realmenfeel.org. Tonight, we are exploring an emotion that all men, indeed all people have, but I find that very few men are willing to acknowledge or talk about, and that is fear. So even though we are quite far from Halloween, uh, let's be open to sharing some scares. I, I often tell my coaching clients that action cures fear. And I've been feeling a lot of fear um, for the past month. And I'd pretty much rather do anything but this show tonight, honestly. Uh, but I'm here willing to walk our talk, willing to talk about what we share, uh, how we recommend that this is a safe place to share, to explore, to feel. So tonight, we are Real Men Fear. <laughs> so let me introduce my courageous co-pilot, Apio Hunter. <laughs> hey, Andy. And it's interesting how we are both feeling the exact same way tonight. You know, I too am just like, I'm, I'm taking that action. I'm going through the fear right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Fear of not And so it's perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, one of my greatest fears was realized as you just froze. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm getting a little uh, bad internet connection insignia from your house right now. But um, Which is interesting because I just I'm, – I'm actually – uh, on a not a landline, but I'm hardwired yeah. in, mm. and my most recent speed test shows that I'm having download speeds of around 700 megabits per second, and upload speeds of around 650 megabits per second. Cool. Go figure. So please do share what what's going on for you recently. That's what we missed. Okay, yeah. So what's going on for me recently is general, uh, you know, anxiety. You know. Be, being very much aware of not just my own fear, but fears from all over the place. And um, now as I start paying closer attention to it, especially during this conversation, I'm starting to get more insight as to what it is. And I'm just a little bit too tapped in to just the emotional current that's going through everybody. And so it's affecting me. But 
at the same time, yeah, I'm I'm ready and willing to share my own anxieties and fears as well because yes i still have them even though i like to say there are some things i don't fear and there are things i don't fear anymore i still have plenty more to go through yeah and and really the 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 nexus the why i thought this is a good show to have um i find that whenever anyone is willing to take one of their fears out into the light to acknowledge it to share it it diminishes that fear and it gives it oh, oh wait I'm afraid of that too. Oh yeah. And it, because mm -hmm. a, a shared fear is somehow less scary than you think it's, you're the only one, right? It's that, that isolation, the, the isolating sense of fear itself can, can do more harm than just, Oh yeah, I've had that fear and I got through that or we're all afraid of the same thing right now. Well, then, you know, maybe it's a, uh, maybe there's a little, makes it a little more real and you can find that there's an action you can take too. Right. Indeed. Cool. Indeed, yes. Because some of, some of the most common things, you know, f for for men, or and for people, but <laughs> we're talking about men, uh, fear of being unlovable, right? Fear of failure, fear of being inadequate, fear of being a bad man, whatever that might mean, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I find these are all based on distorted beliefs and imagining some future version of yourself or of events that that you don't want. Mm -hmm. Right. That's indeed. Like, yeah, so survival-based fear is like right in front of us, and right. our kind of anxious fear is just some off-in-the-distance thing. Exactly. You know, what is it that, um, you know, I think it was, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember which author it was. My mind is drawing a blank, but said, you know, I've, I've had many fear. I've faced many fears in my life. Most of them were, this is paraphrasing, of course, and most of them were imagined. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, there's a question here from Laurie in the chat. You know, when, we're, when fear comes up for you, do you not speak of it because you have shame around fear? Yeah. And let's, let's take that question, each of us, and answer it. Um, speaking for me, I would say that there are still elements of shame. I've certainly gotten rid of a lot of shame as I've peeled back the layers of having grown up and spent so much of my life living in fear of shame. Yes, a lot of it religiously induced, others, others of it just self-imposed, taking on the fears of others, the people that were closest to me and making their fears mine, all of that, yeah. And speaking for me, as a man, yes, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of shame around admitting to being afraid of certain things, for sure. And yeah, I, find, I mean, I think fear itself has shame. Like, mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not supposed to be. Like, being afraid of anything is a sign of weakness. So that's almost like a shameful thing to begin with. Right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's shame to acknowledge a fear. There's shame to be, you know, it's funny, to have the courage to share a fear. Like, <laughs> you need to... That's even, a, I don't know, another meta level of this all whole thing. But yeah, shame, mm -hmm. shame is real, right? Yeah. And isn't it interesting also that when you look at shame as applied to manhood, that there's this whole thing that, you know, if, if we admit to fear, we feel shame for feeling fear, then we start to think of ourselves as somehow being less of a man. And we start to think of ourselves as being somehow less of a man. We are suddenly being emasculated in a way and you know that the whole and that ties into so many other things 
violence, whether it's the internalized homophobia, whether it is just, you know, your societal position, um, you know, the respect of other men and everything else. I mean, there's just so many things which can come out of it. It's like, it's like this cancerous tumor that just reaches out with all kinds of tentacles yeah. and can affect so many parts of our lives. Yeah. One of, the, one of the biggest surprises to, to me recently is that a lot of the thing, the fears that are showing up are circumstances that have been around for a while. Now the fear is building. So it was last August. So August of 2016, I was laid off from my full-time job. I had no idea it was coming, so I was pretty shocked, um, yet I had no fear. You know, I was really, oh, divine timing, and this is, it must be my time to move on and go back at full-time entrepreneurship. This, this is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my stepmother was in hospice and dying. So I saw, oh, here's a gift of time. <sighs> but it's just fantastic. And uh, quickly in the next few weeks, I had like a really two promising opportunities showing up for, for, for income. And so things felt really good. Um, but now it's been eight months and savings are dwindling. And the promising things did, did not become anything that I could rely on and, and seem very unlikely. Um, yeah. So fear really started kicking up a month ago, and I was like, you know, crap, somehow I better do something. And it, was, you know, it terrified me, but also helped me get into action. But, you know, so today, I've, now we're, you know, a month into this really feeling the fear, trying to take action. And I've applied for dozens of jobs. I've found jobs that got me really excited and actually, like, looking forward to going back into corporate America and seeing different aspects of it. But, you know, even today, the, the job I was most excited about, I got the thanks but no thanks email. Mm -hmm. Um, this morning we were with my dad who now he's in hospice that started last week and a social worker it was me my wife his caretaker a full-time caretaker that lives with him him and a social worker and she asked if he had any concerns and he said yeah that nobody loves me and I was like oh wow I, I felt stunned hurt angry and mm. sad and then he smirked and it was his idea of a joke and I was like, and everyone else laughed. And I was just like, fuck you. Right. I, I really, I had to walk away. I had to go in the bathroom. Yeah. Let the tears flow. Cause it was like, so, <sighs> and, and then I really like, wow, nobody loves me. How, how much of a secret shame filled fear is that for right? really everybody? And you know, it's interesting because, you know, I don't know if, if, if maybe that's your dad's way. And by the way, thank you for that, that comment, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony wrote in the chat, what a dick. <laughs> yeah, that was that your was, first response. And exactly. that was my first response too. Right. That, and it was kind of mine as well. But, you know, my, how often do we express a fear? And as men, do we express a fear and then immediately turn it into, it's like, oh, I was just kidding. But in reality, there may not have been an actual joke behind there. It's, just, it's, it's us taking off the edge and making it sound like, well, it's not really a fear. Yeah. So one thing I, so we've talked in past shows how we're, we're both empaths. Mm -hmm. We feel a lot of emotion. And that was the, you know, the troubling thing to me as a kid, I had no idea what that meant. And I'd be sad and depressed and crying all the time. Think it was me. It got labeled as bipolar and depression. And so I thought, yeah. well, then I'm broken. I'm a mess. Let me out of here. Yeah. This, this increase in fear in the last month, has really been as my dad's been deciding about hospice and face and it's it's his fear of the future that really seeping into mine mm -hmm. and that's one thing that's that recognition of that has helped me deal with it yeah but even though we're I, you know i can try to decord and push his energy away like every day and i don't remember to do it every day which which might help me 
But, right. uh, you know, I have to, like, be wallowing in misery to realize, oh, wait, maybe this isn't my shit and fear that I'm wallowing in. Right. And, and then take action around that. Right. But again, when he said, you know, I, I, I feared nobody loves me. I was like, wow. Like, that just felt like a big core for, like, you know, every human yeah. being. But then, yeah, yeah as the sarcasm, as the joke, no, no, we pretend and cover it up. Yeah, exactly. And no, it's an interesting, an interesting observation from Anthony that you know, jokes, jokes always have truth behind them. And maybe we do this in order to test the water. It's like floating the trial balloon. Like in the political world, we say something just to see how is it going to be received. And if it's not received well, we pull it back and it's like, oh, it's a joke. Oh, it wasn't meant. I was just you know, testing the idea or whatever. But oftentimes, at least this has been my observation when working with people and certainly being very, very aware of the emotional state of so many people like you, you know, um, as, as, we've, as we both have explored our empathic connections, how much of that really starts to, that initial knee-jerk reaction is truly the most genuine expression of what is going, what we are going through emotionally and that, that thought, that, that thing that we just blurt out is really the very genuine, authentic thing that's there. And then we try to cover it back up again. You know, we clear out the shit. It's exposed for just a moment. And then we try to quickly, you know, put all the shit back on top of it again. Right. Yeah, we drop, we drop the mask. It was a little bit. You saw me. Oh, no. Like, Here comes the mask. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, and that almost like lets like fear be bigger than us, you know, bigger than our life, bigger than our power, bigger than anything we can overcome. But it's never bigger than us, but I would I look at it as it's being a part of us. It is an aspect of what we go through. It's part of that contrast that helps us to truly experience the totality of our human experience. Yeah. So it, it's funny. So talking about um empaths. This mm -hmm. past weekend, I was at a big holistic expo in Philadelphia, and I was doing Akashic record readings, and I did record readings with, like, I think it was 42 different people. Um, and there's one little girl, like a six-year-old girl, that kept coming to my booth and say, I want to get in. I want to talk to that guy. And I, I, like, I don't open the records for anyone under 18. That's just what I was trained by my teacher. Sure, um, yeah. For, for free will and not distorting their own sense of free will at that age, I guess. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she just kept insisting and um, – her, her mom was telling my wife, Lori, that someone else had just told her that their little girl was just this wide open empath and she was just feeling everything else. And Ooh. she said that just last week, her daughter had said, you know, like, mommy, I, I, I think I want to die. And Lori, my book still here, how to succeed after life, after, how to succeed in life after failing at suicide was on the, 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 boot, the boot table there. Uh -huh. And Lori yeah. says, well, that, that's really Andy's story. And the mom just starts bawling, just oh. a mess. So I said, look, schedule a time. I'm not going to read a record, but let me, let me talk to her. Let me do something. So I sat with her and just tuned in energetically. And she's just like wide, unfiltered, totally, just totally wow. expansive. And I remember talking to her like uh, uh, just reminding her how safe she is and how supported and loved she is. And I told her that you like, you can see things that other people can't see. Right. And she's like, oh yeah. She's like, I have eyes in the back of my head. I'm like, you, you really do. And mom's behind her. Like, what does that mean? Oh, and she's like, freaking out and telling sit still and pay attention and like just let let her be and like that's the you know mom is making it worse the, so i really right. got that these yeah she picks up everything but it goes right through her yes she, there was no suicide it was just she walking by she's just repeating like almost the randomness coming around her yeah, so yeah. Really telling mom, like she's fine let that go if you start going that's wrong she'll you don't know when she'll close and it might close on 
That, exactly. That On that note, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, you know what, you know, that is, I would say, a perfect description of what happened to me when I was younger. I started taking on everybody else's fears and believing they were mine. Yep. And that's what got me to shut down and really start, you know, just stirring the pot. You know, a little bit of fear from this person, a little bit of shit from that person, and so on and so forth. And eventually, and again, it's a very natural thing for empaths unless they are aware of it, unless they are are encouraged to let everything flow constantly. It's a natural tendency to want to take it from others and then hold on to it for them. Yeah, and I told oh. the little girl that she, I saw so like, you, you have no filter. She's like, oh, what's a filter? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's hard. you don't have it, so it's hard to explain. But <laughs> there's no point of reference. <laughs> right, so it's really like trippy. Like you see, you see other people seem all frustrated and grumpy, like those are filters. <laughs> like, you know what? Those, like, yeah. But, but it was just, it, it, she, this little girl gave me so many flashbacks to, to my own childhood. And then again, reminded me that, oh, wow, in this current situation, am I that wide open just at least to my dad and not realizing it? But um, yeah, I was, I was trying to make some notes and getting ready for this show and you know researching what other people say are the common fears for men. And I just mm-hmm. thought, what am, what am I so afraid of right now? And mm-hmm. for, for me, it's, it's that I miss something, like that, that I can't trust myself anymore. Um, you no, know, the safety I felt in leaving, leave in, in having the job and in, in following inspiration in creating things like real men feel. Yeah. And then in the worst of times, I'm like, is this, uh, is this all somehow just to document my own slide down? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that, that can't be it. Um, no. And it's really weird that for the first time in my life, possibly, I've got all this fear, mm-hmm. but there's not depression which is really weird. And then I'm like, so maybe all the years I was depressed, it was an unwillingness to admit how scared of something I was. Mm-hmm. It's yes, it's, really it's, it's not letting it flow. Not the, the, you know, in other words, any time that we don't acknowledge something we, and we hold on to it, the depression, the anxiety and so forth is a symptom. It is an emotional symptom, which eventually becomes a physical symptom of what actually is going on, something that we're not wanting to let go of. Yeah. Yeah. And again, in all this year, I've been saying, asking for divine assistance, help me to let go of what no longer serves me. And then I'm like, oh, if things are letting go, yuck. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Isn't it funny? It's like, you know, the the old saying, be careful what you ask for, you may get it. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, and that's, I mean, and that's not a warning to ask, not to ask for things. It's an acknowledgement of how powerful we are as creators. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I, I embrace that so much. Yeah. <laughs> and again, in the past, suicide was always my last ditch option. I don't like what's yeah. going on. I'm checking out. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and now that really feels like it's off the table. Yeah. So it's a new level of fear of like, well, I'm going to let everything go. I'm going to be unemployed and homeless and all this great new experience. At some level, I can see it all as all that. And that's another level. It's, oh, it's going to suck in. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, well, uh, and, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I get to you know, own, yeah. own that fear. You know, a question comes to my mind. How much of our fear that each of us experience, we may be able to break it down, you know, chunk it down and assign different labels, different fears and so forth. How much of it, though, really boils down to a simple fear of, fe- fear of failing as a human being? 
Yeah. No, that is what I've, I, yeah. I find for men, especially, and for probably yeah. people around. Yeah. It's because just say, even if you know, like, oh, I'm afraid of that. Well, it's not like, I'm not afraid of, of not ever getting a job again. It's what, the, you know, what emotions under that, mm-hmm. right? Again, not, not being good enough, not, not being a good man, not having an income, you know, I'm afraid of being a, a dredge of society. I don't know, but yeah. it's, it's not the fear. The fear is just like, like the most obvious symptom to notice. Right. You know? And again, yeah. it could be shame, right? It, it could loss, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's interesting because as I look at my own fears, inevitably it all boils down to I'm just afraid of failing as well. I'm afraid, you know, when I, when I say that I don't trust myself, I don't trust my connection to source. All it is is really an acknowledgement of just having a fear of failing at something or failing a fear of being wrong um, to, to – use an example so not long ago somebody had asked me to to do a private reading for them which you know i've been moving away from that but i went ahead and agreed against you know my intuition and my better judgment and warnings from the collective and everything and you know but i went ahead and did it anyway because you know they were really really anxious and in the course of the conversation, things came, you know, there were things that, that just came through that this individual looked confused at first. And I'm like, did I get it wrong? But then, and then as we moved forward, it turns out that, no, I was spot on all along. She just wasn't wanting to acknowledge yeah. <laughs> the things that were, were, that were surfacing. And, and so Again, there's a lot of confusion, and that's when I realized that, you know, sometimes the fear of being wrong isn't so much the fear of being wrong as it is that it's the fear of the other person won't accept what it is that we're sharing. Yeah, yeah, and that, you know, a lot of things, um, one article I found as I searched for what do men fear the most and such, mm-hmm. one, one article was just saying that the fear of losing a woman's love and approval is the biggest fear for men, mm. and, and that boils down to fear of loss. Yeah. as well but yeah. you know never being loved by your mom your parents never being loved by whoever you're interested in even you know really growing up being you know junior high your first dance oh, afraid to ask someone out because they're afraid they'll say no and there's the the, the loss of not asking exactly. the rejected and, and then oh, you're not good enough as a man or as a right. boy or as a male or yep. you know whatever exactly so it's like yeah it's a huge one well you know and, and anthony brought up one it was this did this come up in the in the uh, research that you're doing the fear of success yeah, people listing that and, and, and then fa- failure was right after it, you know, because th- they're almost uh, like simpler things people can report. Yeah. Like, it, it, like a, you know, it's like a bad job interview scenario. Like, you know, what's your biggest fear? Fear of success. What's your biggest, you know, what's your biggest, you know, foible? My perfectionism. Like there are these things that are kind of okay to admit to owning. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. There, there's, there's a small section of things that it's okay to acknowledge yeah it's uh, and it's almost uh, i love how you pointed that out particularly in job interviews and in the corporate world and so forth there's the acceptable stuff you know the acceptable weaknesses but then when it comes to actual full-on human emotion (laughs) human feeling it's just like no we don't want to hear that we just want to hear the 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 practiced stuff and, and see what you think about this because when i look energetically at someone talking about the fear of success uh-huh it, it's always it's 
you, I usually see it as they have a fear of like outshining someone else, doing better than parents or getting the attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's me. Right. Yeah. That is big time me. Yeah. Oh, Anthony is different. Anthony, you want to share what yours is different? Yeah. All right, okay. Parents. Sweet. You All are right. unmuted. Hey guys, you can hear me. Yes. Um, so I recently went through this uh, thing. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, that I realized I was stuck in my story, which is not uh, not a new thing. That's that's been the thing for years and years. But I realized during you know kind of unpacking this stuff and looking at this, like that I was I was afraid I was afraid to let go of the person I've been for my whole life. And so mm-hmm. there was literally the fear of success. How I see it was letting go it was the death of me or or just like unknown or so it's the fear of the future too i can relate to that but sure that i outshining someone else is also something i've experienced too but i think for me the fear of success is really a, a fear of letting go of who i thought i was or or was but i don't want to be anymore yeah, totally right. I've had, like, I've been calling it uh, letting go of the egoic, uh, egoic identities, mm-hmm. and again discovering that we're all much more than what we thought. Yeah, and and cause again, my I I introduced myself for years as you know, hi, I'm Andy. I'm a suicidal psychopath. You know, I you know, don't look at me wrong. I'll start crying and want to die. And so it's 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 been scary to like allow myself to be more than that. Mm-hmm. You know. Because the unknown, right? So we all have fear of the future. We all have fear of change at some level. Yeah. But when, when we're really, at least when I'm really feeling connected to source and really empowered and on mission and fired up, then, then you can embrace it. And you're like, yeah, I know I, I embrace this change. And I've learned as an adult how much I love to be wrong because I'm usually wrong about things that aren't helping me. Right? Like, oh, good, I was wrong. I wasn't just a suicidal <laughs> idiot. I can do more things than that. And I can share my story and it can help people and things like yeah. that. Right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting you should mention that because as I, you know, fear being wrong at the same time, yeah, I also embrace. It's like, yeah, and, and, and perhaps the, the flip side of that is like an acknowledgement and a willingness to acknowledge. In fact, I embrace this particular idea, which is I don't know everything. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And I'm great with that, actually. I love embracing that and acknowledging that and shouting out, I don't know everything. <laughs> so, and I love to be, be say, hey, have you considered this or have you looked at this? Because there might be aspects that, you know, I've never, because of my experience and the interactions that I've had with people, never allowed me to experience that and see it from that angle. So I love learning and being taught and, and just having things called to my attention for, for that reason. Yeah. yeah. And Lori, Lori just shared a great line that I've never heard you say this, Lori. So not knowing is freeing until it is terrifying. <laughs> and I get like, it doesn't like, well, I like being scared at the movies. I love being scared on roller coasters. But when the next thing is, how am I going to pay my mortgage? Oh, when that's the next big drop, when it's like, that, that's, more, that's not as much fun as a roller coaster to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of been my thing too. And, and no, it's, that is another fear that I've always had. And that is the fear of not being able to pay for what, you know, the, the fear that I, the fear of not having enough money to do what it is that I want. Mm-hmm. That's, ugh, that's something yeah. I've always 
struggled with and continue to struggle with, you know? It's like, oh. So let me ask you, when you look back, has, has life, has something always shown up when you need it? Yes, particularly, not, but not when I'm sitting on my hands just, you know, asking. It's always been when I'm just taking, doing something, whatever yeah. it is, I'm just doing something, even if it seems totally unrelated. Yeah to what it is that I, that I really, really want. But I've noticed that when I do something that just feels good, then it seems to just show up and happen. Yeah. So yeah, whenever, yeah. I'm, whenever I'm worried and I'm, oh, I only live check to check, I can never work for myself, whatever it is, I'm like, but wait, of all the times I've worried, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be homeless, there's no money, something's always shown up. Yes. But yet, if I just, well, I'll just sit here and do nothing because something always shows up, that doesn't let something nope, show up. Nothing, no, exactly. So it's not going to show up at that point. <laughs> yeah. So that's the weird kind of place to play. Yeah. Like I, once I started applying for jobs, that took a big relief off and, and fear off. Mm-hmm. And unless, you know, each, each email that says, no, 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 that then I feel bad again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, crap, this is yeah. a nasty cycle. <laughs> yeah, and it really, so like discovering, looking for work is like there's, oh, fear of success showing up as you find all these jobs. And then it's fear of failure as you get a rejection back. And so mm-hmm. kind of both ends of that happening. <laughs> but, but I, so so we just, so I, I found another um, article talking about the eight top fears of men. And mm-hmm. they're not in any order, but the right. first one was financial loss. Yeah. No time about that. Yeah. The, and again, it's not just the money, right? It's a, uh, it's loss of freedom, loss of choice, mm-hmm. right? Lots of lots of perception of freedom and choice. Probably Absolutely. better to say. Yep. But, yeah. There's a perception, and there's also the societal perceptions that come along with it. You know, the man is supposed to be the provider, even though you know we have many women that are in the workplace who contribute to the household income and so forth. There's still this thing that somehow, as a man, it is my responsibility. I'm supposed to be the primary breadwinner. And right now, I'm talking in the context of men who may have families who they need to provide for. But for the single men that are out there, men who haven't quite you know found the right person to settle down with, you know, regardless of who that person may be. Um, and a family can just be the two. But there's this, there's still is this cultural stigma and this cultural idea that the man is, has to be the one who pays for everything. Mm-hmm. And so, and even, yeah. And, and even if you're alone, the notion of, you know, you're, uh, you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and you lose your job, mm-hmm. and I, I, I have to go back to my parents, right? I, that a- happened to me when I actually transitioned from Florida to back to Utah. Um, I, it's like living with my mom for those, that first, you know, those first 15 months was like hell for me. I'm like, oh, my God. Now, here I am, a 40-year-old man, and I'm living with my mom. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that was awful. That was awful. And then, <laughs> and then the second time around, I went back at her request, really kind of more like to – it wasn't so much as a need as it was. He, she just wanted us to be there to help out. Again, it just it, – that one didn't quite work out either. So <laughs> – uh, but but yeah, the, but going back to the original thing, moving back with my parents, man, I did feel emasculated at that yeah. point. Right, but like, was it all internal? It was. It was yeah. totally internal. Yeah. Um, 
and you know that brings up an interesting thing how about the perceptions of fear and how we label fear and how we use it i mean how it's amazing how many acronyms there are out there that talk about fear i mean did you come across any of those those acronyms that, i didn't so the, the one i know most without uh -huh. you know false evidence appearing real yeah that's the most common one the most yeah. popular one but that's how i encountered two others that i thought were rather fascinating as well one of them was forget everything and run <laughs> the person who embraces Siberia and just goes and runs away. Then the other one is um, face everything and rise. Yeah, which you no know, talks about what we were addresses the the one the one word if you break it down into its two component parts. Just before that we we started recording, um, tell us that word, wrote, Andy, because my mind just went blank. Just fearless, fearless. It, it, it doesn't mean you don't fear. It means fear less mm -hmm. by acknowledging it by feeling it and then doing it anyway right again going back to action cures fear and and even when it is fears about the future and fear of change and you know do your best to dive into that change and embrace the unknown right and yeah yeah that's exactly. where it starts and ends <clears throat> so second on this list of, of common fears <laughs> excessive emotionality um, I do not have that fear, obviously. Nope, me neither. Really, based in the fear of looking weak, I uh, I tossed that one away a long time ago, and and it really is a foundation of this show and and my commitment to living authentically is that there is strength in emotion. Yeah. And again, it's not. I I would just love that the structure, the definition of being a real man and being a warrior meant. You know, you can go on the battlefield and then you can home and you can cry in the corner that you just slaughtered a bunch of people. Like that's what I think is being a real man and having the full spectrum of emotions available to you. Yeah. So, but I get you it know, that, that people can fear that. Yeah. I, I think it's really curious. Are you giving me an echo right now? Echo right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we can, we can work on that. Um, there we go. It's gone. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was a speaker of, of Anthony. So. Oh. <laughs> so oh, there we go. If you want to share something again, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, fine. that's fine. No, we, we're all good. Um, it's interesting you should bring up that that example of going to war and then coming back home, because you know my own husband was actually in the in the military down, you know, in Peru during the Civil War while they were fighting the Shining Path. He had to kill many, many people, and. We haven't talked about that much, you know. We haven't talked about his experience during the war, um, the things that he he was required to do in order to not only save his own life, but you know, to protect his family, to protect his country, if you will. Um, but I know that's had an effect on him. Oh, sure. And and he's walled himself off from that. But in the time that we've been together, we've also been i've noticed that he's that's almost like doesn't affect him anymore it's almost as if he just silently and quietly released it as he started embracing it just just embracing the totality of him and becoming a more emotional person which is kind of curious because in the latin culture men are more emotional but they just wall themselves off from other emotions instead that are culturally unacceptable <laughs> yeah and, and it, it, it i'm Jumping ahead, kind of, we 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 have uh, in a few weeks next month. One of our guests is is a vet 
that uh, he kind of had his awakening going through combat and coming right. is now really trying to introduce spirituality to vets because, you know, the, 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 the world's military, I don't know, it's not a Pacific country, the military takes human beings, mm -hmm. um, works to cut away any excess emotionality so that you can kill, ideally mm -hmm. not have it affect you, and then you're sent home. There's no, there's no resensitizing after they desensitize you, and I find that's where so many people's problems are and, and coming back home. Right? Absolutely. And if anything, they expect you to just flip a switch. Yeah. And you no, know, it takes a long time to condition it out of you. How can you just get, get home, flip a switch and everything's okay? Yeah. It, it doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah. Every emotion is going to come out. Yes. It, and it comes out sideways, it comes out in violence, it comes out in anger, uh, it triggered by other things if we're not mm -hmm. willing to let it, you know, unpack it intentionally. And, you know, rather than learning to switch off emotions or to compartmentalize them and keep them away, I think we would be better served as human beings. And hopefully, you know, we'll reach a point where we won't have to be fighting wars. But, you know, as long as, you know, as long as we are still in our infant stage as, as a species, if we can teach ourselves, to to embrace all those emotions and rather than fearing the emotions embracing them and and understanding that they are part of our of our just overall experience in this particular life we're probably going to discover that not only are soldiers going to be much stronger soldiers but stronger human beings and in the end you know it, this is this is just a, a very curious inside occurring to me right now as I'm spewing it out, in the end, the embracing of all of those emotions, the totality of every, everything that we feel and learning to celebrate it rather than fear it, ultimately can lead to not even needing to fight a war. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, and after, after anyone's done anything, like <sighs> forgiveness. Right. It's being willing to forgive whatever you've done, whatever, you know, and that's when the, the unfolding can happen. But yeah. that's certainly a, a case where fear of one's own feelings, mm -hmm. you know, really kind of keeps that, that the whole PTSD notion and, and touching any past trauma, especially if it's trauma that, that you feel that you've inflicted on others. Right. Yeah. Harder to unpack if you can't for, begin to forgive yourself. Yes, exactly. And we will touch on that a lot more in depth when we, when we do our episode on the principles of joy. Great. So, yeah. So uh, another common fear, I think this will sound familiar to, this is one thrown at men and all, often, uh, commitment. Right? Fear of making oh, a commitment. And that's one that women complain about a lot. Yeah. But we are willing to acknowledge as males that, yeah, we're afraid of, of committing. And it isn't necessarily committing to a relationship, although the commitment to the relationship is probably the biggest one. Because, again, it's the, it's the fear of being able to express your emotions to another human being that creates that. But there's also fear of committing to a job that may turn into like a dead end job yeah. um, there's a fear of commitment to oneself to you know i'm committing to losing weight um there it can take so many different forms yeah. but usually when you hear fear of commitment the first thing that comes to mind is marriage <laughs> or girlfriend yeah. put a ring on it why are you afraid of commitment? but again and and then the root what, what I, the feeling that is beyond that i find it, fear of losing freedom yep right mm-hmm 
trapped. There, there goes, there goes the rest of my future, right? It's just fear <laughs> the of the ball and chain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But the ball and chain idea again doesn't doesn't necessarily apply to the companion. It can be the job. It could be the routine. It can be so many different things. But that, yeah, it's like I, my wings have been clipped. Now what? Yeah. 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 And then, uh, so the next common fear, <laughs> the flip of that, absence of commitment. <laughs> now that one I haven't heard. Uh, so, so this fear of being alone forever. I have mm, no one to okay. commit to. No one's committing to me, right? I have, right. Or, or me in the job hunt. No job is wanting me. I'll never have a job, right? right. So that absence of commitment um, just, just says fear of success and fear of failure. Fear mm -hmm. of commitment, fear of not having commitment. Yeah, right, right exactly. So, and again, by... Our unwillingness to feel puts a cap on every end of, of all these different poles of possible feeling. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it's still, it, this may be an oversimplification, but I tend to think in very simple terms because really things are you know, simple. If you look, at, if you step far enough back, <laughs> It's it, it, things do kind of boil down to to really simple concepts and ideas, which is allowing every single emotion to flow, allowing everything to flow, learning to embrace it versus resist it, and you will find that so much of the things that we fear we end up we becoming fearless. Yeah. We fear less. Right. Yeah. Because again, the, the, the bravest people, the most courageous people in our society that we worship, they feel fear and they act anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. To feel, and you know, that there, I think there's a book about that, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and I love Lori's comments, you know, so ask the question, because <laughs> this is from her to you. Yeah. So, so Lori, my wife wrote, Andy, do you remember how all your married friends told you not to get married, that everything would change? And she said, thanks for talking to me about that. And yeah, I, the, the job I was at got engaged and I, you know, they were, I thought they were just like busting my balls, but they didn't stop. Like, no, you don't know, like, so all these guys that seem to be in miserable marriages were telling me that's how every marriage is going to be and don't do it. And, and it brought up a lot of fear. What if these guys are right? Oh my God. But then I like, and I came home and talked to Lori about it and she's like, well, here are those other people not saying it. And there was these, you know, more majority not telling you that. Well, like, don't listen. And as I looked, and again, well, what are these, you know, all right, well, these guys are grumpy, bitter people that I really don't want to end up. So I just, I won't end up in their marriage. Right. <laughs> go through that action and just fine. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, how much of the marriage is a reflection of themselves? Yeah. You know? well, yeah. yeah. Every relationship is a reflection of the people in that relationship. Absolutely, yes. That, that's why we can fear commitment and fear absence of commitment. <laughs> They're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the phrase for the quote from the Vedic texts, you know, every man, the man born blind from birth can't know the meaning of, of darkness because he's never seen light. Yeah. The contrast Yep. Is there for a reason? Yep. So uh, next on the list of common fears, we've touched on this, but this was called out separately in this mm -hmm. of being a slave to an undesirable job. Yeah. Right. And I come yeah. across this a lot in people. 
Yes, indeed. I have experienced it many times. In fact, you know, when I left the corporate world, when I had the opportunity to leave the corporate world, you know, a while back, that's exactly, I was in an undesirable job. Well, let me, let me be more precise. I had a job I loved. I worked with people that I loved, but I hated the, the overall corporate culture. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, I felt like I was stuck in this, this, just in a straight jacket because I was being asked to do things that really were not a part of what I was, what was the real focus of what my job was. But because I was, you know, quasi management, you had to do all these other things, but there's no, there's no accountability or no responsibility or request from anybody else to support my department while I was being asked to support all the other departments. So that was, that was my thing. Of course, you know, it, it's, you know, in the past and it's nothing that I really want to dwell on anymore, but that was my justification for wanting to leave when the opportunity came. And it, it took me a long time to, to step back and say, I don't want to go back to the corporate world again because I, that fear of getting stuck in a job that I, where I would be miserable. Yeah. And, this, yeah. and the people feeling stuck there, I mean, again, that's tied to fear of loss again, fear mm-hmm. of not finding another job, right? I'm, I'm only good enough for this shitty job that I hate, but this mm-hmm. is all I will ever be able to get because I fear change. I fear, fear the loss of this job. I fear taking the risk, right? All sorts of things can be buried in that. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, when, when I felt the most that I was trapped in an undesirable job, that was the invitation to work on me. And I was really realizing, ooh, I'm not desiring me. Like, and, and I could yeah. bring... And, and in positions I was like, well, what if I bring some things I like? What if I ask for more freedom? You know, and, and I was able to make some things better, but it took years of thinking I was stuck in a shitty job. Or, <laughs> and again, that other people would think it was wonderful, but it, it felt shitty to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same thing. You know, I, I, the job was great, but the environment to me felt shitty. But again, it was that invitation for me to look, take a closer look at me. Yeah. 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 All right. And next up on the uh, the fear hit parade, we have midlife crisis, and <laughs> and again, the, yeah, you know, I don't, I've lost track of how many midlife crises I've had. So they're no longer, uh, it's not one, it's not a particular age anymore. Again, in, in my experience, at least, right. But this, this these are rooted often in you know fear of change. Again, fear of loss, fear yeah. of not being enough. It's kind of everything we've touched on. Kind of, it, it's almost like. It's the moment someone becomes aware of their fears and is willing to acknowledge them. Sure, sure. I think another part of that as well is, you know, something which – a fear which has been – has had a real spotlight shine shown on it, if I can talk, um, you know, with the advent of social media. And that's FOMO, the fear of missing out. You know, uh, because it, the midlife crisis, at least from the male standpoint – and, you know, is is typically, you know, when people talk about the midlife crisis, it's because, you know, the guys feel like they, they got married too early, they did all of these things and they missed out, so they just decided to go out, get that sports car, do all the things that you know, they should have done when they were young, and they didn't. And so it, the fear of missing out has always been part of us. It's always been one of those things where we we have regrets, we live with regrets, 
and it just manifests itself. And funny, I don't like to use the word manifest. <laughs> I guess because it's been overused in in, in New Age circles. <laughs> and so I, it, it, it surfaces. The symptoms surface is is as a result of you know all of those things that of those regrets that we carry with us. So I wonder if you know fear. To me, regret is a symptom of many of the fears that we just carry that we don't that we don't acknowledge. Yeah, yeah. And Anthony's sharing that that for him, FOMO is often related to commitment. Mm. Right. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's kind of the idealized relationship that you're not in. That kind of uh, idea. But also, you know, midlife crisis can hit a lot of things we've talked about. You know, the, the financial loss, commitment, yeah. absolutely, you know, d- divorce often might hit in that time frame. And yes, a, a few weeks ago when we had Franklin Cook on talking about the, the, the huge rise in the suicide rate among middle-aged men, often triggered by financial crisis, relationship crisis, mm-hmm. um, again, fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of the future. Yeah. And, and plus, you know, this, the perception, and I would say, I would emphasize the word perception and a false perception at that, that there is no support for men to be able to acknowledge that the support is there. I don't think that you and I can emphasize that enough. The support exists. The only way support does not exist is for people to keep denying how they feel. Absolutely. When you, yeah. you know, again, we're talking about fear. The, the bravest thing you can do is say how you feel and ask for help. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But again, no one, no one can help if if it's a secret. Now, here's the thing. I will, I will go out on a limb and say, and say this very emphatically. It is easier to find help and support from a complete stranger than your circle that you are th- uh, you think is your support your circle that is key that is your support right now may very well be that circle which is keeping you stuck yeah if your circle is full of people denying their feelings you've been helping each other deny your feelings all yeah that so yeah you're supporting each other you're just not in the way that you help stress. you think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, so next on the fear list is raising children. And, you know, I can kind of, so I don't have kids, but I decided at a young age, I don't want kids because I fear of raising children. I'll mess it up. I don't want to pass on, you know, my family's full of alcoholism and mental illness and depression and suicide. And what the, who the hell would want to do that? I was mad at my parents for having me or intent, you know, knowing this runs in your genes. Why the hell are you inflicting me with this crap? And. So yeah, so I realized my decision not to have children was very fear-based. Sure, sure. And you know, for me, my decision not to have children was also fear-based because of fear of, you know, growing up, you know, same gender attraction in a very religious household and so forth. My fear was actually, you know, fear of intimacy that I wouldn't be able to perform, but more so fear of, of not being the father that I wanted to be. And, and so, so my decision not to have children really had more to do with the fact that me not settling, not me not making a conscious decision to avoid taking the advice because what's interesting is that when I was having, you know, uh, since, you no, know, we, we 
very frequently have acknowledged our our connections to to source energy and so forth. One time, you know, when I started on this particular journey, one of the key events that 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 triggered me to just open up completely to the connections that I have was a conversation that I had with my with my grandmother who is on the other side of the veil. And one of the things that she said, because I lamented not having children, and I expressed my fear of, of the, you know, why I didn't have children. And she flat out said, had you done what was expected of you, you wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We would have never met Andy if I had done that. So, so that kind of speaks to the regret factor that so many of us live with. If we can learn how to let go of the regrets, we can see that so many of the decisions that we made, even if they were fear-based decisions, have brought us to where we are right now, whether we're listening to this conversation or whether we're listening to you know, something else. Every fear-based decision that we made can still be not only reversed, but left behind. And this very moment can be a brand new moment where you can live without fear and without regret. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not conscious of regrets at this point in my life. I certainly mm-hmm. younger, you know, oh, I shouldn't do that. But now I'm like, no, I yeah. get it. Like, well, it's funny to say this. Like, I like where I am today. But I say that even <laughs> having a month full of fear, not having unemployment, not knowing what the hell I'm doing, I'm like, oh, yeah. But I actually, despite all that, I like, I still like me, which yeah. is kind of a weird new thing. Not that new. But again, takes getting used to. It, it's feeling willing to let all identities go. Right. right. Yeah. Like I don't regret anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it. I mean, I, I can truthfully and, and very honestly say that I truly have no regrets. And even looking back now, I said, could I, would I have done things differently? Maybe, but even, you know, as I, as I move forward with no regrets, it's easier and easier for me to say, no, I wouldn't have done things differently because I wouldn't be where I am right now had I done things differently. So, so yeah. And uh, so the final fear just on this kind of random list I found online uh-huh. is the thing a doctor. No, I, yeah, I've, I, I've never get this when I meet an adult male that tell, and I've met them that say, I'm afraid of going to the doctors. I'm like, Okay, but you know, again, I just haven't been there. Um, but it's again, it's based in the fear of looking weak, giving up control, not being right. enough, you know, possibly being judged by someone. I don't know. But, yeah, it, it, I think that's rooted in, in the fear of looking appearing weak. Yeah, yeah, because you know, if you go to a doctor and something's wrong with you, you're weak. You, you know, you need help, etc., etc., etc. So yeah. Once you mention that, it, it's yeah, it makes more sense yeah. for sure. And my, you know, my doctors might wish I had more fear of looking weak because I was at the chiropractor a month ago. He was like, "So how you doing, Andy?" I started crying. Couldn't I remember. speak. Yep. And uh, so yeah. I saw him again today. He's like, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "All right." <laughs> I was like, afraid of asking. Yeah. Like, so you're doing you're doing better than last time I saw you. I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but again, that's the weird thing about fear. Circumstantially nothing's different right. but i'm i'm fearing less because i've acknowledged and felt the fear that was there yes huh. yes indeed i really I, I i love that and 
it wasn't it funny how we had a fear at the beginning of the show that we wouldn't be able to fill up a full hour and i just i just barely looked at the clock i'm like oh my god we could probably go on for another hour yeah. actually my fear was it would be an hour of me crying that's what i fear <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and 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 for me my fear was will i even be able to have any fears to, that i want to acknowledge so, yeah. knew, but you had agreeing to have this show topic. I, not gonna, I used to have fears. Now they're in a, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, yeah. it's funny. I was going to buy that. <laughs> no, no, that, 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 you would definitely call bullshit on that one. I would call bullshit on that one <laughs> if I were to say that. I call bullshit on myself. <laughs> you know, but you know, based on all the, the, the circumstantial ones, the things we can identify, again, I think it's like how we open the show. It's, it's fear of feeling. Yeah. Right. And yeah. to acknowledge and to feel, and again, being willing to share it. And there mm -hmm. are groups, there are support. There, tell a stranger. There's, you know, hotlines or you know, blow your doctor's mind. How you doing today? Oh, imagine you just walk the street. Hey, Fred, how you doing today? Oh, I'm scared shitless that I can't pay my bills. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. That's I didn't want that to know that really. Or, it's like you know, TMI, but thank yeah. you. <laughs> my wife sleeping with someone else. How are you today? <laughs> right. And and you know, Anthony brought up an interesting one: fear prote projecting their fears on me. Hmm. Which I thought that's interesting. Want to want to share that one further or expand on that one a little bit further, Anthony? Okay, great. Let's 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 go ahead and unmute you here. Oh, you are yeah. muted. There we go. Yeah, it was it was actually a response to a comment that Lori made, which so we'll go back to what I was talking about was um, friends telling telling me to stay safe and not take risks. So yeah, I, I forget how we were talking about that. Um, right, like your friends telling you not to get married. That's them projecting their fears all over you, like right. trying to protect you from their, you know, their crappy experience. But um, yeah, it's yeah. So that's yeah. The, the support circle of your friends that aren't really yeah. supporting yet. Yeah. They're supporting you all staying where you are. Exactly. Yep. Stay on the couch. It's safe here. You won't get hurt. Right. And fear that you might actually leave the group. Yeah. And fear not be a support people, for them. Fear of other people's success. So that's the, that fear of success. Yeah. It's a real thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, if someone in your circles starts taking massive action and starts shining, yeah. oh, well, then what, what's wrong with, oh, why didn't we do that? Why exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that triggers people big time. Like, oh, you're so self-righteous. You're, you know, better than me because you do this or that. And, and it's like, whoa, yeah. I'm just doing my thing and like some people are responding positively to this mm -hmm. yeah and yeah i mean men are really you know big on that but i i've seen that with women as well you know women definitely tend to to have you know that thing of you no know, wanting to keep everybody in the group in fact it reminds me of a study that was done uh that's been cited you know in many different places i've i've heard the study of of a study of monkeys where there's this group of monkeys so there has there's this there's this these bananas a bunch of bananas at the top of a pole 
And every time that one of the monkeys would try to climb the pole to grab a banana, they'd be doused with cold water and they'd go scampering away. And then eventually they stopped even trying to go to the top of the pole to get the, to get the bananas. So then one of the original monkeys would be taken out. A new monkey would be introduced to the group. That, first, that new monkey would try to go up to the top of the pole and the others would pull him down because they knew what was going to happen. And so eventually as all, all of the monkeys are replaced and they're all new monkeys, they all started passing on that same thing over and over and over again. Um, you know, the, and so, and yet nobody knew why. And, and so in those situations or the group situations where somebody's had a bad experience or they've all had bad experiences and they somehow came together when there's somebody new who's introduced to the group, it's like, blah, you know, they just, you know, just overwhelm you with all their fears. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, but why? Yeah. But nobody can explain why. It's yeah. there. And it's done, yeah. it's, you know, ideal. it's done for your survival. It's done, they're helping you to navigate life in a way that they were trained and taught. But eventually someone can get those bananas, right? Mm -hmm. You won't exactly. always get doused with water, even if it happened a couple times. Right? Yeah, exactly. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll endure the water. I'm not going to say I'm going to have fun enduring the water. I, but damn it, I love, I'll do it. Bananas are awesome. Yeah, <laughs> same here. I'm going for the bananas. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Lori had a great comment in here about you know, what happens when somebody's on a successful diet and the people make comments to them. It's like, just have a piece. Oh, you're no fun anymore. Yeah. 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 I've heard that one a few times. Yeah. And um, they'll show up. Yeah. Someone's trying to stop drinking, stop drugging, stop yeah. any activity that your support circle is used to you engaging in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> the way I, you know, the way I look at it is a, a true support circle will encourage you to do whatever it is that you set that you just on a whim decide that you want to try. Your support circle will encourage you to have fun. Your support circle will never tell you no. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, yeah. yes to growth, yes to expansion. That's yeah. what I found. Yeah. 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 And some new things you might cross your path, like, you know, d diminish you, shrink you, like, oh, yeah, to get a note of that, that's fine. And, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want peer pressure to be the reason that you, you check out anything. But, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you, you just don't know. But, yeah, for sure. Um, sure. Huh. So we are at the, yeah, we've made it an hour. Yeah. I think we've hit like every uh, cliche. The major fear, ones. Known fear. Yeah. It's like <laughs> we're all right there. And um, isn't it interesting? We've experienced almost every one, at least the majority of the ones on that list. Oh, yeah. 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 And it, and yeah, you're right, Lori. It, I, I would say those are human fears. It's not just a yeah. male fears or, 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 or women. It's just, they are human fears. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's it's really curious and interesting how yeah. we all go through that. Some, you know, we just tend to express them a little differently, you know, because of the yeah. way our brains are wired. And you know, excited to have Terry join us right here at the end. So welcome, Terry. Um, but so as I wonder, I'm not a woman in this life. Don't know if I've ever been one. But so these. I, my perception is these fears affect men more because men are less likely to acknowledge them and to share them. I would completely agree because of that, that fear of, of appearing emotional, yeah. you know, and if you're emotional, you're less of a man, you're a sissy, blah, blah, blah. And you have all those labels and so forth that are associated with it. Um, it yeah. It just, it becomes a, a, a 
bigger issue, a bigger challenge for men. I don't like to use the word issue either. Um, it becomes a greater challenge for men and an obstacle for them to overcome. And, you know, Anthony brings up a great one. We'll try to, like, get this in. But, yeah, talking about the fear of death. And my fears have really been triggered by my dad's fear of death. When I try to look energetically or even the Akashic Records about what's up with my dad, he's riddled with cancer, he has dementia. Why is he still here? And I get fear of death. Like, he's clinging to this because what's next is, is possibly the most terrifying thing he's ever faced. Um, but, yeah, so I personally don't have a fear of death. And I'm yeah. – but I, yeah, it's interesting because I actually used to have a fear of death myself, and I think a lot of that was rooted in my own upbringing. You know, the you know the the whole Christian narrative, and especially when you talk about you know you add the the LDS wrinkle into that whole you know narrative of you know God will punish you if you don't do this, and you know fear of it ending up you know cut off from being not being in the presence of God and everything else, and so. You know, I I was doing these things that I wasn't supposed to do, and so so that just created the cycle where I was petrified of dying. I was petrified of death, and as I started to release all of that, and I reached the point where now it's like there is no death. There is no death. There is merely a transition from one state to another. Oh my God, that is like so incredibly liberating. I I now look at it as, you know what? When I've when I've decided that my adventure in this particular life is over, or that my work is done, or whatever, um, it, it's not so much that I'm doing any work so much as it is that I am here to enjoy myself and uh, share, you know, invite everybody into the party. Whoever wants to join the party, you are welcome to join the party along with me. Um, but it, when I decided, you know what, okay, you know, I've had enough. I know, I'll go back and I'll go back joyfully. I'll go, I'll, I'll transition back, you know, into my natural state very, very joyfully. But having the richness of this human experience, as I'll be able to take all of the memories and the richness of that human experience along with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, my goal and the, the, the self work I've done is to not let fear of life trick me yeah. into an early death. Right? Indeed. I have no fear of whatever is after this. Cause I used to think there's nothing after this. I didn't want anything. I really didn't want everything to freaking stop. I'm like, <laughs> Oh wow. There's something more cool. I can, like oh again I'm I feel more open to what's after physical death than I am as like what opening to what's my next career move going to be that's much more terrifying to mm -hmm. me than death, you know? yeah exactly and here's a really cool part from a from a scientific perspective when you talk about matter particularly I mean in a black hole you know the it's now you know the calculations are there and so forth that matter is not destroyed matter is simply transformed. Right. And so even from, you know, even in our, with our current scientific knowledge, we now understand that. So, so, so this, you know, when, when you talk about matter and energy and so forth, it always exists. It will always exist. It just simply transforms from one state to another, and it just gets recycled. So guess what? I'm going into a big, giant recycling bin. Yay me, you know. <laughs> just the big compost heap of the, the afterlife. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go for it. No problem. <laughs> I'm excited about the prospect. It's like, what's the next adventure? What's the next, you know, thing I'm going to to discover and learn? So I look at it with with 
through the lens of excitement now. Yeah. yeah. And, and like in a moment like this, when, when I'm, when I'm feeling and nothing stuck, I can go, well, Hey, you know, we'll live, maybe I'll live in a cardboard box. Haven't done that. That might be neat. Or oh, great. We, we go to move. I, I, I keep asking to let go of everything I no longer need. If it means all the stuff I've got, there's a, like a, there's even a liberation in that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know that you and Laurie have a place to crash here anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> but, but the steps are going through that. Maybe yeah, wow. Can't say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to say it's going to be enjoyable, but yeah. you know. Because and again, I come I come from a long line of black or white thinkers. I would I'd much rather like, all right, I'm blowing up the house tonight. Just give it all my stuff, as opposed to oh, let's take the conservative steps of dealing with it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, all or nothing. That was my mom's yeah. way of thinking of too. You know, yeah. all or nothing. Cool. Oh well, gosh. Yeah, I. I I love that we were able to touch on a lot of different things. Um, and what I really hope most that, that this show, that, 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 that the teary mess that is sometimes me, um, encourages you, all listeners, everyone that ever hears this, to, to not be afraid of, of your own feelings, right? Because that that's what I find unlocks the door to, to life. Indeed, indeed. And I just have to reiterate that, you know, that embrace everything you know the uh, uh, if i could just toss in the fourth principle of joy which is you know every emotion that we feel every emotion that we experience is an expression of the totality of our existence and who we are as human beings so be it indeed cool huh. so thanks anthony thanks laurie thanks terry um being part of the live show adding any comments and thoughts and and participation Real Men Feel will be live again next Tuesday, May 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern, when we will be joined by the founder of the Good Athlete Project, Mr. Jim Davis, to discuss the power of using sports and character in leadership development. I love that. Yeah. I I look forward to every one of our conversations, so (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) Cool. So, again, thanks, everyone, for joining us uh, on this show. Uh, Again, Action Cures Fear. But it can't cure fear unless you acknowledge that fear. So be willing to feel it. See what's underneath. You know, be willing to break out of kind of your circle of fear stuffers, if that's a circle you're in, right? Um, when you take any fear out into the light of day, it's not as scary. Right? When you put the light on, you look under the bed, there is no boogeyman, right? Mm-hmm. So Exactly. It's just a, it's a dust bunny. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have that on our list, fear of dust bunnies. I don't know. <laughs> We'll add it on. <laughs> cool. So thanks for everyone for tuning in. Visit realmenfield.org. Check us out on Facebook. Send us feedback. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again soon. Have a great night, everybody. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Men Field. Until next time, visit realmenfield.org, join the Real Men Field group on Facebook, and share what you thought of this show. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.